LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Dennis Littley, the founder and CEO of Ask Chef Dennis Productions. He runs one of the most successful food blogs in the world. With over 1 million followers on social media and almost 10 million page views annually, he has built a loyal following that uses his recipes and cooking tips in their home kitchens to feed their family and friends easy-to-make restaurant-style dishes at a fraction of the cost of eating out. Chef Dennis also works with travel companies and cruise lines, showcasing their travel opportunities as he shares his travel adventures and the deliciousness he's enjoying as he travels the world. If you're doing meal prep today, quiz it Sunday, sit back, relax, enjoy this fun little conversation with Ask Chef Dennis. So today we're sitting down with Dennis Lilly, the founder and CEO of Ask Chef Dennis Productions. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show today. Awesome. We're excited. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Uh, I try to demystify cooking so that just regular people at their homes can find the joy of cooking in their kitchen. That's my goal. Awesome. <laughs> so how did you get into this? Have you been cooking at home for a long time? Are you a trained chef? What kind of started this, this passion of yours? Well, I started at an early age. My mother was a nurse and she worked nights. So uh, if I wanted to eat during the day, you know, and not bother her, yeah. uh, I did enough of that as it was. But I would, I started cooking a little bit. And uh, my first inspiration was Graham Kerr. He was called the Galloping Gourmet. And he was yeah. an Aussie and had this accent and wore a scarf and would drink wine. And I mean, I was only 12. I wasn't thinking about drinking wine, but <laughs> the pe- he would cook with such passion. And the people he'd bring down from his stage to taste it were just like, they were moaning. And I was like, oh my God. You know, and I think that kind of stuck with me. So as I tried to do things later in life and, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, uh, I finally did find myself in the kitchen. And I was classically trained as an apprentice. I, I did go to college for food science, but my training in the kitchen basically came in the hands of two chefs and um, they just, and which meant you were abused for a while and, yes. and while you learned your trade. And, uh, but I learned it very well and they were really, really good guys and taught me a lot. And uh, I kind of graduated ahead of schedule, but uh, they still mentored me and taught me and I worked with them for, for years to come after that and uh, kept learning and kept learning and kept learning. So that's, that was kind of how it started. And, you know, as a chef, I traveled different restaurants, um, got into business dining where I was feeding executives and I had gone out on my second carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand because, oh, wow. you know, my, my hands were, everything I did was with my hands. And, um, when I came back, my boss was gone and I, uh, I called him and I said, what, what happened? He goes, Oh, I got a new job. I'm with uh, this different company. Uh, we're doing schools. And I went, Oh, okay. Cause I got a job for you. He says, ah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? And, um, 
he says, no, no, go out there, go out there. And I, I went out to the school and it was an all girls Catholic high school in Flower Town, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a you know, really nice school. It was dated though. And the kitchen was like way, way dated and right. stock rooms were ugly. And I like, I'm looking at it going, oh God, no, what? I, I, you know, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down with them to very nicely tell them, thank you very much for, for interviewing me. I answered all their questions. And then the principal goes, I need to work 165 days a year. And I went, when would you like me to start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I took a pretty good pay cut, but my wife was uh, actually the, the breadwinner at that point And it allowed me to have a very normal, stable life because I was working pretty much Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. I'd get there at you know, five in the morning and be done at three o'clock. And so I'd be home for normal hours and about four years into it. And, and it was a great, you know, it, it was kind of a learning experience for me. I started as the manager and the food was so bad, you know, school food. Yes. I that I just, I'm sitting in the office, just twiddling my thumbs, playing, uh, you know, games on a computer with nothing to do. And finally I said, oh, enough is enough. I, I told the cook, I'm sorry, but they're making me cut budgets. I have to go back and start cooking. I'm going to move you to another position if you want it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started cooking and then it became like a TV movie. You know, I was feeding them <laughs> what I was used to feeding adults in the restaurants. And we were having chicken marsala and sushi and roasted vegetables on the salad bar and grains and, you know, anything they could think of. And uh, it was just, you know, they were in love. It was like, oh my God. Uh, girls can eat, especially when there's no boys around. Girls can eat, <laughs> you know. And there were a lot of athletes there, so they really ate too. And you know, it was a love-hate relationship. And it goes, oh, damn you, Dennis! And they're un they're unbuttoning the top button because their skirts are too tight now, you know. And you know, I know I want that too, you know. Um, and about four years in, I decided I was tired of hiring temps because they were like, oh, the bottom of the barrel. Yes. You know? And and. Um, I said, let me start training my own staff. I'd always done some kind of classes, no matter where I was. And uh, I said, let me start training my own staff. And I had done a few classes there. And I said, I, I, wonder, I went to the principal. I went to the president. I said, I want to start a culinary program. That's great. You know, give us a little outline. Fine. That's good. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do what you need. And I had 60 girls sign up the first year out of 600 in the school. Uh, but only 11 of them could manage to finish with me because they had just they all went to college. Mm -hmm. They had a, a, a musical department that did uh, plays that was like off Broadway. I mean, they were so good. Uh, they were just incredibly talented girls, all from all walks of life, you know, mm -hmm. white collar, blue collar, just normal. And uh, they couldn't fit it in their schedule. So the 11 I had were freshmen. You know, they hadn't padded their schedules yet with all these things. So. Right. Uh, the end of the year, a big event. I had them all trained. They, you know, they never bothered me. Oh, Dennis is a good guy. The girls love him. Everything's fine. No problems. Uh, big event, 500 people. We walk into the room. I had them all dressed up as little chefs. And oh, nice. the room went dead quiet. Dead quiet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. So from that point on, it was just like, you know, they really, I, I got people donating to the culinary club. We became uh, a fixture. And uh, the last year I was there, we actually were reevaluated as the school. And uh, one of the points, we were two points of excellence given, one to the robotics team and one to the culinary team. Mm -hmm. So it was quite an accomplishment. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And, and while I was there, the, that's how I got blogging. The first year I said, let me, blogging thing is news, 2009. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, <laughs> I hear about this stuff, you know, and I go, oh, yeah. 
I set it up so the girls would have someplace to go to get recipes or to ask me questions. Well, no, they wanted to come see me personally. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to do it online. But, you know, girls in the school started going to it. Teachers started going to it. And one morning I had a reader in Singapore and one in New Zealand. And I was like, wow, this is it's not just my brother and his wife reading it anymore or, or the, some of these people at school. <laughs> and uh, I was like, damn, I'm a blogger. So that kind of started the ball really going and uh, started getting me out and about and and uh, learning the trade. You know, at that point, my blog was still ugly. Uh, pictures were horrible. Stories, you know, I hadn't developed really as a writer at that point. And it was a process, you know, and over the course of the years, you know, I just kept learning and I had friends and I shared, that's how I became Ash Chef Dennis. I would share everything I learned because at those days, no one would tell you anything. Agreed. Yeah. They were all afraid that you were going to steal their thunder, you know, mm -hmm. that someone was going to usurp them. And, you know, and, and they weren't very, they would talk to you, but they weren't very nice people. They were the elite and they knew it, you know, you know, and I, I had my best friend and my wife. I said, if I ever get like that, hit me in the back of the head as hard as you can. You know, if I, if I ever get that snooty. Um, but yeah, so I started sharing and then someone said, you know, you should be Ash of Dennis because you always answer these questions. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I branded myself. And it, it worked really well, too, for food, because I would get a lot of questions about food, you know, even if it was something I never did, like Ask Chef Dennis, how do you cook goat? I said, have you ever seen me cook a goat? You know, so like, I'm like, <laughs> and then, oh. all right. So I started Googling it. I spent about an hour learning how to cook goat properly and then answered his question. <laughs> Let's take the thing that I've run into, as we can talk about before, you know, your episode like 193 and people like, oh, like you're still doing that like podcast thing. Like, yes, it's like fun to me. Like I'm, I'm not doing it for millions of dollars and do it because like it's something i'm passionate about i've probably met like let's say a handful like 25 people who like go say they started a podcast and i'll ask them like next time i see them how's it going oh i quit after six yeah. episodes i only had like 500 downloads i'm like so like what were yeah. we doing it for <laughs> yeah it, it anything worthwhile takes time i was just on a podcast and they says how long do you think it will take to establish a blog and i said I would give it three years, mm -hmm. you know, and people, you tell a new blogger that and they're like, oh, you mean I'm not going to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars right off the bat? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, uh, it, and it's about passion. It's about, and I, I tell people, it says, you know, you can't look at podcasting, blogging, anything you really want to do as a source of income. Mm -hmm. Because if you're only looking at it for money, you're never going to be happy. Okay. And it, granted, it, it took me some time to learn this. You know, old people can tell you that because they've lived through it. But yeah. when you're younger, you hear that and go, oh, that's okay. I can be happy if I have money. It says, trust me, there's going to hit a time when you're in your like 40s and you're going, oh, my God, what fresh hell have I gotten myself into? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, so it's better to find some joy in something you do and make it profitable. And I think more people are starting to realize that, that it's not just about going to work nine to five, listening to the boss and, or, you know, just being that dancing chicken. Yes. Uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So you're happy doing it. It's fun for you. It's, it's a uh, way. It's super exciting. I mean, I meet people like you, right. And like my, just last week I met someone who does like pattern making and honestly, like even minutes before we did the interview, I know what pattern making was. 
<laughs> she had explained it to me. I'm like, oh, that's not at all what I thought it was. I'm glad we're doing this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was for fashion, right? For for, exactly. for doing, yep. yeah. yeah. You know, the, the things people do is just, it's mind boggling. You talk to some of them and you think, well, who wants to learn that? And then all of a sudden you see, oh my God, look at all the people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. The world's diverse and the world's become a small space because of the internet. And like, that was one of the things, I, I don't know if you, you, you were using uh, Google Meet, which right. is my favorite because I was a Google Pluser. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. back in the day. Day. and that's where i cut my teeth on doing videos when you know in google hangouts it was like there were a, a laundry list of things that could go wrong on any given day they would all go wrong yeah. you know and it was like so when facebook started doing their lives i was like that's it you just hit the button and that's yeah. it i was like oh i don't want to do it anymore it's no fun <laughs> there's no challenge <laughs> um but yeah, it's just like, you know, you, you, you adapt, you learn, you meet people. And because of Google Plus, I met people all over the world that I still mm-hmm. talk to, you know, and with different walks of life and strategies. And they they help me. They tell me things. And, and it's, it's again, it's a it's a community effort. You know, you, you need uh, a village to, to raise anybody, you know, a blogger, <laughs> a podcaster. You know, you need friends. Uh, otherwise, you stifle you, 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 you don't keep moving forward. You don't stay fresh. You know, you don't, you don't find the joy in it. And if there's no joy in it, then it's time to stop. Yeah. I think a lot of people always wonder like, what are you getting out of it? And for me, like, this is like year six coming up on and arguably it's finally coming to fruition for me. Like I'm producing my first ever fashion show in July. Right. Right. So let's say it took me six years to figure that out, that that's something I wanted to do. And who's going to be in it? Eight of my friends who are designers, you know, 40 of my friends who are models, a bunch of my friends are showing some art, people are selling their products. Like it's essentially a big party and all it pays off because I've been doing this for six years. That wasn't the plan six years ago. Like, all right, in, in six years, I'm going to know. Yeah. <laughs> and just go meet some cool people and see where it takes me. And this is where it's taking me. You know, and if you go at it with that perspective mm-hmm. you know not expecting to have immediate results or, or you know you, you want to have a goal like you know the goal like people ask me what do you want to get out of this and i said i want to be a household name yes you know that was one and the other was i wanted to be on the ellen show well that's never going to happen because she's leaving <laughs> yeah uh but those were the things you know and it was kind of a joke but it wasn't a joke because that would have validated who i am and you know there was times that I remember talking to a friend in California. She says, oh, yeah, I, my daughter was talking to someone and she had done a post, a guest post for me. He says, yeah, I, uh, you know, I did this guest post for Chef Dennis. She goes, Chef Dennis, do you know Chef Dennis? And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> things like that. And it's like, uh, it, it's just it's just crazy sometimes what happens. But, you know, you don't plan it. You know, right. in back of your mind, you know, you may have, oh, one day I will rule the world, you know, kind of a thing like pinky in the brain. But uh, really, honestly, that may be a long term goal, but you know, you're happy with just some short term goals in the process. And I think your fashion show, that sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's, it's, it's been a couple months I've been working on it, but like it, essentially it's just like a big party I'm planning. It's a yeah. kind of event, it's a, a wedding venue, but. I'm very organized in what I do. I have a checklist of 187 things that have been going off like. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. That's incredible. <laughs> you you know, and I, 
it could be the beginning of something very big, you know, just even coordinating. I mean, now you're opening up a whole new avenue of you've you've organized this massive event. You could do that for other people. You know, it's not something you planned on doing, right. but, you know, it's something now that you've got a skill set. And uh, a lot of that goes along with whatever we do that we find joy in, you know, unexpected things come to you because mm -hmm. you're happy what you're doing. You know, there's some joy. And again, that's with cooking. You know, so many of us have gotten out of the habit of cooking at home yes. because of all the takeout that's available, all the options that are available. I mean, they just push things on us. You know, you don't have to do this. But the pandemic, I think, taught people, you know, it, it, it was good for me because I had forgotten mm -hmm. a very important thing. I like to cook. Yes. I was so busy with social media and other things. End of the day, I'd say, well, if I'm tired, let's go out and eat, you yeah. know? So we'd go out and eat, go out and eat. And when the pandemic hit, we couldn't go out to eat. And I was like, at first, I was like mind boggled a little oh, bit. And then I was, all of a sudden, because, you know, I'm really having a good time again. I, I was really productive. I was cooking all different kinds of things, reshooting old recipes and my, you know, making all this great food. I was ordering food online. I was getting salmon from Alaska. I was getting, you know, free range chicken and pork from a farm in North Carolina. And I was like, oh, this is just wonderful. Yeah. And uh, I think people at home started to see, look at all this money we have left over at the end of the month because we're eating at home. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Number one and number two, you got to spend some quality time with your family, right? Which is where we lost a lot, I think, as, as just our busy, busy lives, you know. So, I think it's a good thing people getting back in the kitchen and, and enjoying life. Yeah, to that point. So, like when people come to your blog, what's kind of their experience when they log on and see your stuff? Is you saying you're doing posts on a regular basis? What are they mm -hmm. kind of learning from the experience? Well, you know, I, I, I do, I try to post at least like five or six things a month new mm -hmm. or, or reshoot. Cause I mean, I had a wealth of old posts that were just ugly as sin. I had to re reshoot, <laughs> you know, and I have a photographer I, I, that does all my baked goods for me because my blood sugar went through the roof during the pandemic too. <laughs> so I said, oh, all the problems wrong with me. I'm not going to be a diabetic too. So I stopped eating uh, sweets and bread. Um, but they come to the blog and most people come from Google search. Mm -hmm. The 75% of my traffic is people searching for a specific recipe. Interesting. And I come up and search. Like uh, for years, my tiramisu, if you ever Google tiramisu, I was the number one post up until last year. And then the New York Times started posting other people, you know, big conglomerates started posting right. and kind of pushed me off the first page. Um, but you know, people will search for different things. Like if you're looking how to make, you know, different pot, I make all kinds of pasta dishes. Uh, one of the ones that surprised me was I do pulled pork and I said, you know, I'm not a grill person. I don't smoke it. I'm not a, that's not my forte, but I do it. I show people how to do it easily. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so popular because most of my recipes can be done, you know, pulled pork, not, it takes three hours in the oven, yeah. but most of my dinner recipes you can do in 20 minutes. Okay. I don't have time to cook. I don't expect you to have time to cook. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 20 minutes to 40 minutes is the sweet spot on huh? just about all of them. You know, some will take a little bit longer. You know, I say 20 minutes, I, you know, like I have one of my wife's favorites is clams and linguine. Okay. Well, that takes as long as it takes to cook the pasta, 11 mm -hmm. minutes. You know, you, it takes longer just to clean. They wash the clams and most grocery stores sell 
uh, clams these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that makes it easy. Um, but, you know, they come to it and they'll find entrees. I, I do focus a little more on Italian style. That's what I was trained. Mm -hmm. uh, but entrees, desserts, appetizers, but mostly restaurant style. So things that you might go, oh, I could never make that at home. Go, yeah, you can. It's really simple. Right. You know, uh, saute is my favorite quick dinner at home. And it's basically, what do I have in the refrigerator? You know, I have some chicken. What vegetables do I have? What other things do I have I can throw in there? And you just create something in the pan. And it basically cooking with ingredients, like on my blog too, I would tell people, all right, if there's broccoli in there, you don't like broccoli, leave the broccoli out. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. You know, those tablets didn't come down from the mountain etched in stone. You know, you can leave it out, put spinach in, put, you know, uh, asparagus in, put something you like to eat in. If you don't like that spice, leave it out. It's, <laughs> it, again, it's not rocket science. We're talking about food here. You know, baking is a little trickier because it's hard to make adjustments because Indeed. it's chemi it's chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's different. But with with entrees and and soups and things, you know, if there's something you don't like, it's simple. Replace it. Or you know, if you have a base recipe, and I'll give suggestions too. Like I'll have a chicken and something. All right, here's five other things you could do to it to adjust that recipe. Mm -hmm. And so you have five different recipes. And once you kind of get in that mindset of seeing how you can change things, it's a game changer. Right. People start cooking just all kinds of things because they see how easy it is to adjust. Yeah, that's kind of everyone's goal, right? Is they go find a new cookbook or a diet, etc. Is what can they take from it and kind of do their own thing yeah. immediately. Like yeah. it's even to the point of like, what's in my refrigerator? What can I make today? Which also, you know, I imagine, starts with what do you buy at the grocery store and are you even going to the grocery store? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I love Instacart. I, you know, you, you get some people that really don't know what they're picking every now and then. But boy, you know, I like going to the supermarket and picking out what I want. But some days it's just not worth the trouble. Let's let somebody else get it and deliver it. And like I said, ordering on, on the Internet, I found this company called CrowdCow that does mm. meats and fish and you can buy like four portions of salmon you can buy oh, well, you nice. know two pounds of chicken and, and it's good quality sourced and, and to me that's become important over the years like i hit a point uh, about maybe 15 years ago where i was buying chicken and chicken didn't taste like chicken anymore interesting you know and, and chicken doesn't taste like chicken there's a problem yes <laughs> and i was buying it i'm going I, it just i don't know what it tastes like but it's not chicken so i started buying organic and free range and it started tasting like chicken again so i was like okay and it wasn't i was trying to be healthy it was mm. i just wanted it to taste right same thing with milk i, I was drinking milk and i'm going this is like water it has no flavor so i started buying grass-fed organic milk and i go this is like drinking cream now compared to regular milk <laughs> you know and there's certain items in it and it's learning what to purchase too. Like a lot of it is sourcing ingredients um, mm -hmm. to be able to cook like a chef, you know, or be able to cook like your favorite restaurant, little tips, little secrets, you know, little, little things that maybe you didn't know that will make the quality better. And it'll be cooking better than some of your rest favorite restaurants at a yeah. fraction of what it costs too, you know, and 
use that money for other things, you know, <laughs> take a trip, you know, <laughs> buy some, buy some nice wine, you know, or take your, you know, or take yourself out to your, to a really expensive restaurant You know, have those. I, I don't want people to stop eating out, but I want them to do it better, to enjoy it, to, to really make it an experience. Like when we eat out, you know, because I'm a chef, a lot of times the chef will come out and talk to me and, or, you know, the owners will come out and talk to me and it becomes more of an experience than just a meal. Mm-hmm. And with food, I think that's really important. You know, we, we travel or we did before the pandemic right. we should travel a lot. And it was always about sitting down with people who maybe you didn't have, you couldn't speak because the languages were different, mm-hmm. but you could find that bond and you could communicate because of food. You know, there was a, a song Trisha Yearwood did years ago called the, the song remembers when, mm-hmm. and as you hear a song on the radio and it takes you back instantly to that time in your life. Well, it's yep. the same thing with food. You eat something and all of a sudden you have that memory of the first time you ate it or what you ate it with someone special, you know, and it's, it's, it's a bonding thing. It's, it's something that brings us together. Yeah. And I actually have quite a few like friends who have like gang members, all their friends that don't speak English. And that's like one thing I try to figure out is what can we bond over. If we're at dinner together, like I'm not doing like sign language, but I'm like doing things with our own food or drinking or something that just creates that bond that we can have a laugh together. Oh yeah. Enjoy the situation. Yeah. 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 And then you start sharing words, you know, like, Hmm, good. You know, and then they'll, they'll tell you, and then they'll, they'll laugh and they'll do it. And then they'll say something to you in their language. You know, I, I, we were in Germany, we'd gotten done a trip and uh, we're walking, we heard music and we're in Munich and we heard, and we're, so we're walking towards the music and we got there and there was a pop-up Oompa band festival that happened twice a year. And it was a beer garden and everybody's these long tables and they're drinking and I'm taking pictures and videos. And I look, where's my wife? Where's my wife? <laughs> She's sitting at a table. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, oh, come on, come sit down. Well, all Germans, one Australian. So we had someone that could translate, but she's talking to a lady who had a daughter in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and she didn't speak English hardly at all, but they're communicating. They're talking, telling stories, you know, and it was, it's just, you'll learn that it's, a small world after all you know it's you learn that we're the same we we want to we enjoy the same things we like the same things you know we're not that different after all if you just take the time to try and bridge the gap a little and you can have a good time with people that you really don't understand (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy like last night i was with some friends and i was they were all speaking thai i'm like "I, i don't speak thai at all but like we're still sitting there having a good time i'm like I don't understand half of what you guys are talking about, but way less than half, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I had one of the, my favorite conversations. We were in Italy and uh, they had all gone off to walk somewhere. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that today. My knees hurt, my back hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just sit here. As soon as they left, this old guy that was all by himself, who was the father-in-law of the person that owned it, comes over and sits with me and he starts talking. I go, I don't really speak Italian or understand yeah. very well. He just shook his head and kept going. So at first I'm like, oh God. And then I started to listen to him and looking at his expressions and I could understand more from his expressions and his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about when he was in the army in Sicily. So this was a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, 
uh, the colonel, uh, I, I got the picture. The colonel was not a very good man. Okay. And the different things he would do, and we'd laugh, and he'd tell me, and his expressions would change. And and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I understood every word this man said because this is an incredible story, mm-hmm. incredible opportunity. And then he let me tell my story, and he would, and I had the expressions. He would laugh, or he would, and I would tell him about my father and the army and different things, and my mother, and and you know, we took turns, but you know, neither of us really understood what we were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but we had a good conversation nonetheless. You know, and it was like, it made me realize again, you know, if we could take the time, like Thai's got to be a hard language to learn. You know? Yeah, it is. But Italian, you know, I could pick up enough from knowing some Spanish and knowing some French, you know, you, you get words and common words. But, you know, uh, I was in Portugal. That was a hard language. I, I had no clue. <laughs> I, I'd hear a word that sounded familiar. And then all of a sudden I heard a word that sounded like it was Russian. I'm like, oh, my God, what language is this? People always joke. Because like non-native English speakers always joke that English is the hardest language to learn. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then they'll just give like a list of words that like don't make any sense. Like, oh yeah, baloney and like, like are, are other words that look similar that just completely wrong. I'm like, I totally agree. I just know that because I'm an English speaker. That's not how you pronounce that word. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I had um, like I'm half Mexican, and I had a bunch of in the restaurant I work for. I had a lot of Mexican workers, and we served duck. And one of the first things I explained to them, if you're out on the street and someone yells duck, don't look up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I had to explain them about duct tape and that just actually blew them away. (laughs) So, yeah, we do have some words in English that are baffling, you know, but, you know, every language, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was French was using the different male and female or in other languages, how use different verbs like, oh, this is a lot of work, you know, but, uh, it's, it's funny. And I, I have a good time when people are learning English, some of the things they say. <laughs> no, you don't say. Like I, I had a, a Russian working for me, and he says, I am very happy to serve you. And I says, no, yeah. you don't say that. Where you, you say that if you work at McDonald's. I says, you don't say you're very happy to work with me, yes. but not to serve me. You know? <laughs> you know? Cool. Well, it's been a fun conversation. Anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with before we sign off? No, it's just that, you know, if you want some great, easy recipes, you know, come visit me at uh, AskChefDennis.com. If you're on social media, I'm AskChefDennis on just about all of them. But, you know, I I, I do respond as as quickly as I can Mm -hmm. to to questions and comments. Uh, And, you know, I'm I'm here to help you and make your life easier and enjoyable, help you find the joy of cooking. Perfect. Let's wrap with that. This episode is sponsored by Bites Asian Kitchen and Tropical Bar. The best of times are always shared at the table. Superb Asian food and tropical cocktails, paradise also awaits you at Bites. We at Bites believe that food is more than merely a part of survival. It is our passion. It has the power to transcend languages, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, we share our culture with new friends and old. We share a piece of who we are, and by coming together for meals, We try good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, we want to celebrate cultures from around the world. We've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, and more. We're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how we shape our menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that constantly evolving, a new story awaits you at Bites. And probably me. Clarification, moved away from the Buddha, moved on over to the Rose Cava. You know, gotta get this body back in tip-top shape to be a male model. Please stop by and join us at Bites. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. (laughs) 